Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of the Powerless Podcast. In this episode, I talk to um, Josh Lowe, who is the singer and guitar player of the band Riverside Drive, a punk rock band out of Ontario, Canada. Uh, we talk about the start of the band, the lyrical content, uh, pretty pretty explicitly and pretty, pretty in-depth when it comes to whatever it takes. It's more of a politically charged, socially charged song which anyone who watches this podcast or listens to this podcast knows that's something that I really care about and really find interesting. So we dove into that. We we just kind of dive into where Josh kind of got into this realm of music um, and what kind of is going to happen with the band going forward. And so again, I really appreciate that Josh came on and did this with me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I really kind of hope he can come on again sometime when we uh, see some new releases from the band and things of that nature. But either way, it was great to talk to him. Um, before we get into the episode, just as a reminder, you can find the podcast on all social media at The Powerless Pod. That's all the handles, wherever you can find me. Instagram, Twitter um, are the ones that I use the most, but you can also find me on TikTok, Facebook. Um, I guess that's about it. As well as YouTube, same handle. Um, make sure to follow on YouTube. Make sure to follow wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever other ones that are out there, it should be on there. Um, and just also reach out to me at, uh, through email at thepowerlesspod at gmail.com. I like to hear from people, hear constructive criticism, hear what you like about the show. If you're a musician or you're an activist or anything involved in the political social sphere, as well as producers um, and things of that nature, uh, make sure to reach out to me and we can also get you on the show as well. I've had a lot of different cool guests, whether it's uh, Garrett Russell from Silent Planet, Joey Sturgis, who's a pretty well-known producer, producer in the kind of metal scene um also on the political social side had uh, an activist Shavira Rizvi who's a good friend of mine talk both about his journey through politics and also his trip to Iran and all of that he saw there which was a really interesting episode um so just a, a good collection of both music and politics and social issues so if you're into any of those or either of those um even if you're not agreeing with me on one or the other or whatever the case may be make sure to reach out to me and we can get you on the show I'd love to have you on um, and before we get into the episode with Josh, anyone who's watched the show knows where I'm going with this. I'm going to be plugging the band Wholeheart, a metal band from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, their EP last year, Dreams That Die With You, was my number one EP of, of 2022. They absolutely knock it out of the park with their music. Um, production and everything is all in-house by their bass player, Kai, which is really, really cool. Very DIY, but it sounds super professional, which is a really cool thing. Uh, the guitar riffs, the melodies... Um, their vocalist, who does primarily harsh vocals, uh, really delivers emotion and also power behind a lot of these things. And is also um, a, a great um, vessel for the delivery of the vocals um, and the lyrics. Uh, it's just a really great band that I think a lot of people should, should check out that maybe haven't. So um, before we get into the episode, I'm going to play a clip from one of their songs from their latest EP, Dreams That Die With You. Uh, and then we'll get into the episode with Josh. So here's a clip from Wholeheart. And then we'll get into the episode with Josh Lowe from Riverside Drive. Welcome to the Powerless Podcast for everyone listening. This is, I'm doing an episode today with Josh Lowe, who's the uh, guitarist and vocalist of the band Riverside Drive from uh, Ontario, Canada. How are you doing today, bud? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm uh, I'm excited to have you on. I uh, I made sure to wear my Riverside Drive hoodie for this while we're doing this. So I I'm uh, wearing one of my own. I almost wore that one, but I I had a psychic prediction that we would be twinning, and I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, sounds good. Gotta gotta self self promote in in multiple ways, right? So there there we go. Um, to start off today, we'll go back and talk about the start of the band, and obviously your EP you put out previously uh, last year. Um, but I want to get into these two newest songs um that you put out the last couple of weeks you put out um uh whatever it takes and also the newest one that just came out uh, on friday counting down the days uh kind of talk about a, both of these because they're a bit different from what you've done before obviously they still sound like the kind of punk rock pop punk but a little heavier than pop punk music you've you've been making um but there's you know there's some screaming in both of these uh counting down the days is a little more pop punk whatever it takes is definitely like rise against but even like the screams are more i don't know like the 
some of them I was listening to him again today. I was like, man, I can almost hear like a hardcore or like stray from the path vibe from the screams. Right. So um, was that like a conscious decision to go heavier with this? So that just kind of go naturally. Uh, what was the idea to add some screams and a little more edge to the songs? That's a good question. It was both. Well, it was a conscious decision that we were going to write some heavier stuff, but I don't think any of us really anticipated how it would go until we were writing. And, and I, with whatever it takes specifically, I wrote those parts with screaming in mind. So I knew I was going to have to kind of buckle up and, and dive in a little bit. With Counting Down the Days, um, it's interesting you pointed out, they're both like pretty different sounding, which is also intentional. You know, with this band, we have so many different influences and so many different types of music that we enjoy and want to listen to that we felt it would be a disservice not only to ourselves but to like the bands that have influenced us for us to just make one kind of sound and of course we're always going to talk about ourselves as like a pop punk band whatever that's fine but there's always going to be some part of us that wants to come forward and be you know heavy hitting and aggressive and i think whatever it takes is kind of the first little you know dip of the toes into that i think even before that wake up call was a good like idea of where our Mm -hmm. headspace was at, but whatever it takes was us like going full tilt into that kind of world and writing that way. And um, my first foray into screaming on record and I'm really stoked on all of it. Yeah. Have you, um, I I think I saw, have you, have you done these songs live yet? And what's it been like to kind of go from just doing singing to doing singing and screaming together? Cause I know some people can do it and it's nothing, you know what I mean? Other people figure out they have to do things differently live when it comes to, uh, how you're treating your voice. How's that been? Well, some people can do it effortlessly and I'm not one of those. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I, we just did a live recording for our EP anniversary a couple weeks ago and we played both the new songs at those shows and on the song counting down the days the screams are actually our bassist drew and he has been screaming for like 10 years so he knows exactly what's going on um but i'm like super new to it right and so i'm still learning how my voice reacts to certain situations and how i need to kind of pace myself in order to like sustain it a little bit And before we started, uh, I literally said to everyone in the room, I was like, hey, we're a little anxious to do this uh, because I don't know if I can scream or not. So we're going to find out. And um, (laughs) honestly, like it didn't go as great as I wanted it to. Like it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. But um, a problem that I run into when I write is I write so many fucking words in all of our songs because I can't shut up. And (laughs) so, so like whatever it takes is like, there are very few gaps between like vocal lines, you know? So it's figuring out how to pace myself or how to maybe sing something a little bit differently so that it doesn't require as much exertion. But we've also talked about having the band subsidize a couple lines. So there's that part in the second verse where the music cuts, the line is like, despite your attempts on our lives, we are still here, but the music cuts and it's just vocal. So we talked about maybe having the band take over that part just so I can do a real big, like, and, and, yeah, you know, but, um, we're still workshopping it, man. And like, every time we do it, it's a little bit better mm-hmm. and we're just stoked, man. Like it, it's really cool. Cause I, I said it recently. Um, we, we got like a little bit of press for the song, but I said like a year ago, we would never have even tried this. Right. You know? So, so to have such a substantial indication of growth, not only as musicians, but for myself as a vocalist, cause there was a, like, I'm 25. I spent 25 years of my life thinking I could just not do this thing that I love listening to, you know? So mm-hmm. um, very gratifying, very exciting that, that this is on yeah. the table now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's it, you talk about having the band take over little lines and stuff. Like, every band you see live does that, right? Like, we both listen to bands that scream their heads off all the time. And you'll notice the bass player takes a line or two just so the guy can, can get a breather or maybe, like, take a sip of water real quick or something, right? That's how live shows go. So that totally makes sense. Um, and it's interesting you said that your bass player did the, the screams on... Uh, counting down the days because I thought first I, I was like wow Josh that makes sense because I listened to both of them and both screams are great but they're so different I was like wow Josh like came out of the gate and did uh very different tones it sounds like two different people that's because it is okay so that makes it a lot is, of sense yeah. um getting into the lyrical content uh uh starting off with we'll do the newest one first um counting down the days uh I, I 
I feel like I have to. I'm gonna double check on the EP real quick because my my brain with song titles is is terrible. But I thought maybe it was something you sent me that is this song. But I thought you had written another song a while back about um about like working a job and feeling unfulfilled and all those kinds of things. But was that this one? And I'm just like losing my mind only, or was there another one on the EP? No. So you're thinking of to live in hell, which um oh, okay. Wasn't on the EP, oh, yeah, but yeah. we we released it in like a weird way so that people thought that it was like part of the EP promotion, and so like that was just a oh I got you on our yeah yeah I see that right now that's exactly what I was thinking of okay but counting down the days has sort of a a similar lyrical process with it right or what what is this what is the lyrical I I was looking around for the lyrics to read it to make sure I knew what the hell I was talking about but um I guess you could kind of tell us in general what what is the kind of lyrical content for that song then we'll get to whatever it takes. Well, that's interesting that you you say they're similar. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like, what do you think? So, well, okay. So, I guess what I meant was not that they're about job, but like I don't know, counting down the days. Like when I was, I listened to it again today, um, like twice right before we came on, and I don't know. It was more of like just, um, but not about like I shouldn't have said about jobs or something, but I mean more about like this idea of just like wanting to move on from something or like really counting down until you're able to do something that's more fulfilling to you, but maybe, maybe I'm off. So that's where we could talk about this, you know, from, from your perspective or you write, you wrote the lyrics, man. So what, what, uh, for, for you, what's the song about? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I wrote it, but once it's out, it's out and it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. And people have said it before me, but like, it's not ours anymore once it's out. Yeah. You know, so yeah, counting of course. down. So, so to live in hell is like 1000% just about like quitting a shitty job. You know what I mean? Um, and I've always, talked about how that can be applied to anything you know if your time your energy your worth as a person just isn't being valued mm-hmm. it's so limited that you can't spend it all on this place that doesn't give a fuck about you you know so right so that that was where to live in hell came from and even though it was from personal experiences it was like written to be ambiguous enough that anybody could kind of take something from it which is what i really try to do Counting down yeah. the days is even though the lyrics are like just enough, again ambiguous to uh, to kind of be open for interpretation. It is like hyper specific about one person who just like tried to ruin my life last year, and that sounds oh, like super shit. dramatic, but no. um, but yeah, it just like it's less about a concept or you know something that isn't like valuing you. And more about like, this needs to stop like as soon as possible. Like this cannot be over soon enough. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. With, with to live in hell, the, the whole thing is that like, you can create your own finish line. You know, you mm-hmm. can say, fuck you, I quit and you're done. Um, whereas counting down the days is more about being like trapped in a situation yeah. that you don't want to be in. And, and, you know, you can't consciously put an end to it, but there is an end in sight there is light at the end of that tunnel and so that's where i think that's like a little bit different but it's really interesting that they kind of hopped into the same stream for you that's really neat yeah i guess i guess it makes more sense when you say that because like i think i was kind of putting a little bit on it because i thought i knew what the song was about before i listened to it a little bit you know what i mean um because you know i look at for, for me it's like one of those things i've worked shit jobs and stuff before i look at the album art or the single art and it's like a calendar with days crossed off. And like, I would always think of that of when my first day I had off was so I could like not work and walk into my fucking job. You know? mm-hmm. So like, there's a little bit of that in there, but, but that makes a lot of sense with the lyrical content for that one. I think that's, again, you say it's hyper specific, but I think, um, even by the time someone's, you know, you're a few years younger than me, 25, everyone's probably, unless they live the nicest life imaginable, but in some situation where you're like, God, this this person or this thing is just like completely ruining, if not ruining like my actual life, ruining like my emotions and like my feeling on my day to day, right? Like Straight it's up. like I'm spending time with this person or this person is someone that's significant in my life, and yet like they're making things horrendous for me, right? So like at that same time, you say it's hyper specific, but it's still a super relatable topic, right? Like who hasn't felt that at some point? Yes, that's what we're going for. Relatable. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then you you know me, you know, like what I'm into. So, you know, whatever it takes. I, I like Counting Down the Days. It's a great song. I love, I especially love like the different jumps from it being very melodic, especially with that very like, le- I don't know if it's a lead or a synth in the beginning that goes into everything. Oh, um, that's a guitar. Just, like, yeah. That is yeah. a guitar. I thought so, but it was so, uh, so effect heavy on it that I was like, that could be a synth, you know, but that, that's, I figured it was a guitar. Um, uh, but switch, whatever. Maybe. 
whatever it takes is uh is like you know right up my alley when it comes to the ly- lyrical content um so kind of speak to kind of speak to a bit what um what that song's about and uh and just just speak to what 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 um influenced you with the song yeah um it is 1000% in response to the overturning of Roe v Wade in the states which you know I live in Canada so it doesn't directly impact me but um there are so many women in my life and and just like people whose bodies are now compromised by legislation um that it's it's just unacceptable you know and and I was in Michigan when it happened I was on vacation with a friend of mine and the news came out while we were out to breakfast and I it was on the TV we were in this diner and, and the news came up and it was like pretty quiet in the room people weren't really like expressing an opinion on either side even though you know what I mean um yeah but uh I just remember being so shocked and so distraught and confused about why seemingly nobody else in the room felt the same way I did. Um, And I talked it over with my friend and she basically said like, no, this is just like how it's going to keep going for us. And, you know, it was, if I'm getting my timeline right, like it it was into the Biden presidency already, but it was still like pretty new. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it was like, it was like a little, over uh because it was last last early summer i want to remember i want to say like june or something i remember i was teaching summer school it's the only reason why i remember um and uh so yeah i mean it was less than halfway through his presidency when when this occurred and yeah there's a whole thing with that but yeah yeah and and what gets frustrating for me and i know you can identify with this too is like a problem like this comes up where people's lives are endangered by politicians and this fucking herd of people comes out and they're like, the solution is to vote. And it's like, man, we've been voting since this fucking thing started and nothing, nothing is going right. You know? And, Mm -hmm. and so whatever it takes came from like a reactionary rage of the realization that voting can be beneficial. Um, but that's not the solution. And I would, I would never suggest that people, inflict violence upon anybody but it almost seems like that's what it's going to boil down to to enact an actual change you know any significant revolution has been led with violence and that's just the unfortunate reality of our species and how we interact because you know as civilized as we are we all started off as you know these primordial fucking primal beings who settled thing settled like major disputes with with violence and territorial shit, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, and on like a much smaller scale, you know, it's like imagine you're getting bullied in school, right? There's this kid who's like a little bit bigger than you. He's kind of an asshole, and you tell your teacher nonstop. You do the thing that you're supposed to do, and nothing changes. But I guarantee you that if you punch that guy in the fucking nose as hard as you can, he's gonna think twice about fucking with you. You know what I mean? And right. So, And so that's kind of where it's at. And obviously for the sake of songwriting and performance, it's kind of an exaggerated version Mm because the song is about, you know, a violent revolution. Um, It still rings kind of true because there is a part Mm -hmm. of me that believes that this isn't going to get better until we burn down their fucking houses, you know? So like, right. So, so I don't know, maybe that's too over the top, but that's what the song is about. And, it was no, very reactionary, no. and yeah, I'm still yeah. mad. It, it, yeah, you could say reactionary, but you know, it's still well thought out with with what you're talking about in a lot of senses. And like to talk about what you're talking about, obviously, I'm the same way. Like, I don't want violence for anybody. But if you look at history, it's like you know, there's two quotes that come to mind. One's like from a comedian. The other one was from a former president of the United States, where the president JFK. I'm probably butchering the quote, but he said something like, "Those who." stifle out or those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable and like that's just like hits it right on the head for the topic of the song and what the topic you're talking about with roe v wade and just in general you know 
ripping apart people's rights and a whole sort of different things. And then the other one was from, I think it was from like Flight of the Concords or something, where one of the guys is like, I believe in revolution, but but not through violence. And the other guy was like, okay, so through magic, you know, like, it's like, you know, because it's like, when has that ever happened? You know, so again, you don't want it to be that way. But like, like you said, it comes to the point that all the things you're supposed to do, you know, you you donate to this thing that's supposed to get somebody elected that has the right ideas or you vote for this person to to stave off like the crazy right-wing reactionary person that just wants to rip apart people's rights and and make wealth inequality horrendous and then you do that and then people did that for biden right record historic votes right on both sides actually trump got the most votes ever for a republican biden got the most votes ever in general in the united states and during his presidency, that's where this happens, right? So, like, it is such a good um, thing to point out that, like, you know, you can do both. You can vote, and then you can also realize that that's not really staving off the crazy. You know, there's uh, there's a lot more things that people need to kind of think about to to if they want to rectify this or try to, at the very least, right? Voting feels like if somebody broke their leg, and you were like, "Hey, here's a couple band aids." <laughs> stop the scrape on your leg, you know, like, like, yeah. um, there's yeah. an, there's an underlying systematic issue and it's disappointing to admit that it's likely that you and I will never see the change that we want to see because, mm-hmm. um, that significant of a cultural shift takes a long time. And the Institute is designed so that that kind of revolution, that kind of forward momentum is stifled and slowed down at every opportunity. So, you know, it's important that as bleak and discouraging as things can be, we do our best to keep pushing forward because, mm-hmm. you know, like um, people my age and like you and I aren't that far off in age, but we always joke like, oh, yeah, we got we got it the worst, you know, how's nobody can right. buy a house and foods. But like, I'm more worried about the kids, man. Like I've got nieces and nephews who are, you know, seven and under. And right now things are fine for them because they're kids, right? But like, I am so worried about what's going to happen down the future because we should all want better for whoever comes after us. Mm. And unfortunately, the trend seems to be going the opposite direction. So I just think right. like we all have a responsibility. Regard- and here's the thing, regardless if you are a conservative or a liberal or somewhere in between or further than either of those goalposts, You feel the way you feel because you want better for something. And, you know, I'm not one of those who's like, we can just talk it out because there are a lot of issues that you can't, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's like a huge fucking, I feel like that's like the ultimate gaslight is like people being like, we can all find something in common. Because like, yeah, of course we can. But just because I like hockey and the guy down the road likes hockey, but he also thinks that fucking black people are lesser humans, you know, like. Yeah, that's not, that's right, not the right. same, you know? Yeah, we right. have a commonality in hockey, but I can't just overlook the egregious racism, you know? So, like, right, right. it's just the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. And so, uh-huh. so um, it's, it's that know. whole, like, decorum and, like, what's the thing that, like, a lot of, like, pundits and stuff say? They're like, you know, flesh it out in the, in the you know, in the realm of ideas or, like, debate the ideas and we'll come out. And it's like, yeah, but, like, we're living in two different realities of philosophy and morals. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, at a certain point, you just don't, you know what I mean? And that doesn't mean you dismiss people or you don't want, like, I want better for everybody, including those terrible human beings in a lot of ways, right? Like, I, but but that doesn't mean I'm going to agree with them on anything other than, like you said, maybe hockey or music, right? Like, That's the thing, right? And, like, <laughs> debate requires two people who are, like, willing to to have their ideas challenged and unfortunately man like the last five six years have totally changed how we accept new information and how people mm-hmm. interact with each other because you know the, it was the perfect storm of trumpism and the pandemic and the internet just being fucking buck wild you know like yeah it's it's the perfect storm for shit to just be off the rails you know with mm-hmm. with the whole like fake news thing like at first it was like kind of funny we're like aha he's saying fake news but then it snowballed into people being like for us it's the cbc the canadian broadcast corporation people are like mm-hmm. defund the state propaganda i'm like what the fuck are you talking about that's not the same <laughs> you know like yeah no no and and it's like yeah state propaganda owned by the corporations right, right like you like, know what, what i mean fuck, like you know man? 
Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's so backwards, you know. But you know, I, again, uh, really, really good topic to write about. Unfortunately, it's something that I think gives people a lot of lyrical content to write about. You could always dig into that and probably write a whole album about it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a good thing to write about, and I, the emotion definitely comes through with the song. To go back to the song a bit, um, we could talk about this all day, and maybe we'll get back to it because I could talk about this all day. You know me, but. To get back into the band a little bit, and thanks for going over all that, because I really appreciate um, hearing kind of a deep dive on that song, because the song's fantastic, and the, the, the content, again, is, is something I think is really important to write about. Um, let's go back a little bit earlier, and uh, want to talk about the EP you put out last year, Better Days. Um, you know, definitely, you know, these, these two new, or three, I guess, these songs, and then... Um, the other single that you put out that I was thinking of earlier to live in hell, uh, are, are a good trajectory from this EP. The EP is fan, you know, fantastic as well. Um, what was, you know, you can speak to, if you want to pick a few songs, whether it's under, we could pick a few songs, whether it's under the weather now or now or never blackbird 401 East classic crowns, wake up call. There's all the songs for anybody that hasn't listened to it yet. Um, but, was there kind of um, influences you had for the writing process? Uh, who did you work with to record that? Or who was the producer you worked with? Um, and any lyrical content you want to talk about as well? Yeah, it's weird because um, Better Days, like we love those songs. But they, the, the EP is more of like a compilation of songs than a cohesive yeah. uh, writing mm-hmm. thing. And that stems strictly from, you know, I started writing... EWR, which isn't on the EP, but that's the first song we ever put out um, mm-hmm. in like 2018 by myself, you know, and then Quiet Nights had a little bit of collaboration, but it was mostly me. And then I got this band together and I was still writing like everything, you know, so, so, and it was also just spread out over time. So like I say, the EWR was like 2018, Quiet Nights was later that year. Um, I wrote Plastic Crowns and 401 around the same time in early 2019 and then i kind of got like a band together we played our so we always say we played our first show like early 2020 and that's like mentally true for us but if you want to get real technical the first ever riverside drive show was april 2019 um and we played like six songs opening for rarity and Yeah, it was cool. Nobody showed up, but that it is what it is. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. That's um, that's that's cutting your teeth in a, in a new band, though, man. You right. know what I mean? That's just how it goes. <laughs> that's exactly it. And you know, none of the guys who were on stage with me that night uh, wanted to do another show after that. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to stop writing these right. songs. So, like, if you guys are out, that's cool. I'll find people, no problem. And that spring, you know, I, I found Eric and he has been he's our drummer and he has been with us the whole time since then and um we've had a couple people like come and go since then but since he joined the band the writing has been a lot more cohesive and a lot more collaborative um and we also have discussions that i just wasn't having like with myself about what we wanted to do in terms of sound so that's like a really active discussion right now especially with the dichotomy between wake up calling whatever it takes and no, 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 whatever it takes and counting down the days. Um, and yeah, so like those songs, there are a couple on the EP that we wrote together, but again, it was just us like writing songs and right. And there's still like, I back all of those songs, but it, you can definitely hear that one song is like different from the next, like immediately, you know, we, yeah, we go from 401 East, which is this ballad about not being able to sustain a long distance relationship to this, like, super fast, angry, minor key song, Plastic Crowns, which is mm-hmm. about, you know, fucking rich kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and so, yeah, it's like, I still love that EP, and I think the songs on it are really good, but I'm also really excited to go forward and take the lessons we learned from that. Um, and, you know, the only reason it turned out as good as it did was because we worked with uh, Fitz, Ryan Fitz from Bearings, and mm-hmm. he is just phenomenal you know he has a really good ear for what's going to work and what's not he's also really good at telling you if something sucks and you should change it um which is super that's valuable that's yeah right like like we're not paying for an engineer we're paying for a producer you know we Mm -hmm. need a guy who can be like this could be better and 
anybody who's heard the demos of the songs can attest to the fact that they turned out way better than the demos. Yeah. And, and that's the goal, right? You don't want to just go in and recreate what you recorded in your garage. So yeah, the EP, like, I think it's great and we're still super proud yeah. of it. And the anniversary celebration we just did validated that because we had a hundred people packed into a room singing back every word, you know? So that's awesome. It was so hey. sick, dude. And that, that, that speaks to, you know, you talk about the first show you did, there was nobody there. And I don't know if it was as a result of that or the other guys just didn't like the music they were making or whatever. But then like, you know, you have some guys leave after that. And then fast forward, you have, you know, triple, di- you know, a triple digit crowd singing back words, you know, in yeah. a relatively short span of time, really. Because, I mean, I was in bands that played for years and you were happy when, you know, 40, 45 kids were at the show. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you know, that's, that's, that's still great. That's a good thing to, that's a thing to be proud of for sure. So that's really cool. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. You're talking about that as a, and a collection of songs. I think every band's first release, even like some of your and I's like favorite bands, their first record is not, even if it ends up flowing well, it's cause they wrote 13 songs and they're able to, you know, uh, track listed enough to where it's cohesive. But a lot of times everybody's first release is exactly that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a collaboration of songs when you, for start a band or when you're by yourself and then the band comes in and everything else. I've numerous people I've talked to everyone's debut <laughs> releases like that. So that makes a lot of sense. It's a great EP. Like I said, I just got the vinyl myself. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, but it's, it's good to hear that these last couple songs, it sounds like they've been a little bit more collaborative with the band. Mm-hmm. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah. And it's like super cool too. Cause now we have what I am envisioning as like the long-term lineup of the band. And I hope that they feel the same way. And if they don't, we're going to fight. But uh, <laughs> no. So, you know, like Eric and I have been kind of spearheading this thing the whole time. But we have Jack and Drew who are in the band now. And Drew has played in bands for a long time. And Jack is like unreasonably good at guitar. You know, he's and I'm not saying this in like a derogatory way, but he is autistic. And the like the thing he focuses on is music, guitar gear and just like writing and he's fucking brilliant dude he is so yeah he's so fucking smart and like with with eric and i we come from like the punk world so we're like just plug in your guitar and and make some fucking noise dude. and rip yeah 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 yeah. and so we do that and then jack will literally just sit back and kind of watch and then he comes to us like two weeks later he's like i have all the leads done and it's fucking sick dude it's so good you know and with drew like like I said, he's played in bands for a long time and he kind of stepped away for a bit, but he's coming back to it. And it's nice to have the perspective of like two people who used to slug it out, you know, 10 years ago and now are coming back to it with the best way I can describe it is like what, you know, when you're like listening to something and you listen to it so often that you kind of just get tired of it. So you put mm-hmm. it down for a while and you come back to it and you notice a bunch of things that you didn't notice before you come back with fresh ears or or with visual artists, they come back with fresh eyes after staring at a screen for five hours. You know, like mm-hmm. taking a break from something is sometimes the best thing you can do to reignite the creativity for that. And I think we're witnessing that in real time with this band. And just like, I am more excited and more confident in the future of this band than I ever have been. So it's cool, man. We're, we're like super stoked for everything coming up. Yeah. Awesome. That's great to hear. Um, I wanted to ask after going through the EP a little bit. So, so thanks for going over that. Um, with these last two songs that you've put out, um, is there, I know, I don't think I was looking through the socials just to make sure, but I don't think you've announced anything, but is there an upcoming release you're talking about with more songs? Are you thinking on doing just like a bunch of singles? Um, are you like, what's the, what's the idea with going forward with, with more songs and and the trajectory of the band? Yeah, we're writing a ton right now. So with those two songs, it's, it's an unfortunate necessity that even if you don't have like an album ready, you have to give people something to chew on because Mm -hmm. everything is accessible, which means nothing is accessible. And if you don't remind people that you're there, they'll forget about you. So those two songs, like we're just like ready a little bit sooner. We went up in November and we recorded those and we just wanted to give people, you know, something, like I said, to chew on for a little bit, but also a reminder, like, Hey, we're still around. We're not, we're not, not doing anything, but um, yeah, hoping to probably record an EP or maybe a double EP in the fall. We'll see what happens and we'll have that out as soon as we can. And 
yeah, we're we're not slowing down anytime soon. You know, we have a couple shows coming up this summer, hoping to hit the U.S. at some point. We'll see how that goes, and then yeah. then just keep uh, keep on rolling. You know, hell yeah. Well, that's that's good to hear. And and you're absolutely right. You know, like I talked to no matter what genre of band I've talked to, or even I talk to people, you know, I've talked to a few people that aren't in music that do like uh, political commentary or something like that. And they all say the same thing that like, you have to constantly just have things out. Right. Like, like one of the guys I talked to the, one of the political commentators I talked to, which is funny, him and I talked about how music and what he does is so similar and what you have to do now that he's like, there's so many people doing this that if I don't put out for him, it's like, if I don't put something out like once or twice a day, like I'm just lost in the shuffle. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I have to constantly, and he works a job too. And he just like comes home, races to find things, puts it all together and tries to put it out real quick. And I was like, yeah, that's what it feels like with bands even anymore with like, not just music, but social media with just like, even if you don't have anything to post, just posting something, you know, mm-hmm. just so like algorithms remember that you're active and, and everything else. And like, as much as we all, you know, like, as you know, like I've started doing like a little recording project just for fun myself. And like, I'm always an album guy. Like I was like, ah, I want to do 12 songs and then put it. And then other guy I was talking to is like, no one's going to listen to that. Like who's, who's going to like check out a band they've never heard before on Spotify and listen to 12 songs, like n- nobody. Right. So it's so single um, based. So it's good that you guys put these out. Cause I mean, it's just going to keep people um, interested and, you know, diversifying the music the way you did and having them, kind of go a more aggressive route in some in some ways and different ways on each song definitely helps too to just have a little more variety and have you know people that maybe listen to some different things have some ears on it right absolutely all right so um going from there maybe you talked about a little bit that the band started in 2018 right like kind of the first singles you put out were in 2018 at least right so i was so, so sorry. that's okay so the way it like came about was i put out a solo acoustic record in 2016. Oh, okay. And no, I will not tell you how to find it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, I... I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> you better not. Um, so, so I started writing songs that I thought were going to be on the next record for that. And it became apparent very quickly that I needed additional people and instruments to create the sound that I wanted to do. So it made sense to just kind of retire that and put a band together so i started writing the first songs in 2018 and i think i think we recorded ewr in 2018 and maybe quiet nights too but then we put those out in 20 i put ewr out in 2019 and then we were broke so the studio withheld our mix and we couldn't get it from them for a while um which is fine they're a business they Mm -hmm. have to do what they have to do but uh yeah we had no money so when I'm the only one putting an effort and putting in, you know, it was just a pain in the ass. But finally we finished up quiet nights. We released that. We did plastic crowns with Alan day from four years strong in 2021. And that was like pretty cool. But we also really liked the way we originally wrote plastic crowns, which is how it is on the EP. So we have both. Right. Um, but yeah, so like I would say that, a band starts when their first song comes out and that was 2019 for us. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. So to go back and I won't make you, I won't make you talk about the acoustic record. Don't worry, but to go back a little bit, but it's not good. (laughs) Uh, what, so it's Riverside drive. Cause you know, um, uh, it's, it's pretty rare, I guess, to, to hear somebody talking. I didn't know. Basically, is this the first band you've ever, been in or have you done projects in the past uh what got you started in in writing music or what got you started in punk music in general yeah well i was always interested in it and you know i started learning guitar when i was 12 11 or 12 or something like that um and i'm not much better than when i started now but it um it's like i feel like the purpose for learning any form of art is to create you know, and it's it's so fun playing cover songs and learning how to play things like last summer when Stranger Things wrapped up, like I spent three weeks learning the solo to Master Puppets and I played it once and I never played it again. So, so, <laughs> right. so, you know, but, but on the flip side of that, if I create something and I write something and I put it out, even if I put it down for a while, it's still there, you know, 
And mm-hmm. there were a lot of really impactful moments for me that solidified that I wanted to write music and, and play my own songs and hopefully have people like them. And like, not to, to Josh flex too hard for those who know, but like the rise against thing both times was so impactful for me. The first, like I was 17 years old on stage in front of 15,000 people, you know, like, yeah, that's, I will never experience anything like that again, probably, you know, but that was enough for me to be like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Forever. Yeah. And so, so that was like really significant for me. And also just like, I've always liked music. Like even when I was a kid, I was singing and, and I don't know, it's just always been the thing for me. So it just naturally makes sense that I would gravitate towards wanting to create it and, and, share it with people as a self-expression, you know? So, so that's yeah. where that comes from. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. You know, um, I, I think, I think there is, there's, there's both sides of that when people learn music, right? Cause I know some people, it's so strange to me cause I'm the same as you. Like I learned and I like, you know, I learned like American idiot from front to back on the guitar or something like that. But then as soon as, you know, I wasn't in a band until I was like 18, 19 years old, but I started playing when I was like eight or nine but I was always sitting there riffing my own stuff because you just wanted to create things like your favorite bands did or whatever. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to be in a band. It was just like, I just want to make, you know, you're just sitting there playing, you know? Um, So I I totally get that same thing that I think there's kind of two sides of that coin. There's people that really try to learn like, you know, especially people that are into things like even like Metallica or people that were like metalheads or classic rock fans, growing up like they just want to learn their most complicated songs from their favorite bands right there's other people that want to learn just enough to where they can make the kind of music they like on their own and then it's Mm -hmm. more of the creative process right like and i feel like you and i are both definitely in that camp you know so so i i totally get that and i was gonna i'm glad you brought it up i was gonna talk about the rise against thing obviously because that's fucking cool uh and you bring up that the first time you did you were 17 but you actually got to do it twice right so So kind of talk, where the hell, I mean, I know you've talked about this before, but where the hell did that come from? How does a 17 year old get on stage to play with rise against? And then how do you get to do it again? (laughs) You know? Okay. So like first things first for anyone who's in the AAC, who's listening, you have to put aside the Josh flex bias and just be happy for (laughs) me. Okay. You have to just be stoked on this. Um, (laughs) So the first time it was as I was like starting to like uh, for the first couple of years of playing guitar, I kind of didn't really take it seriously. Like I could do power chords and I could play Miss Murder by AFI and like whatever. Um, but it was like once I was into my mid teens and I was in high school that I started like really taking it seriously. And it's because that was the first time this will sound so dumb, but it was the first time I had competition. You know, you're, you're a teenager who's going through puberty and the hormones are there and I went to an art school where there were like a thousand guitarists and like all of them were better than me and all of them got more attention than me. And if anybody knows me, I I physically require attention to survive. So, (laughs) so that wasn't going to fly, you know? So, so I started taking it more seriously. And um, it was also like, it wasn't until I was like halfway through high school that I even found Rise Against, you know, that I got into them. So I really dove in, in like 2014 the black market had just come out and you know, I just like, I think I knew some of their songs in passing from like music video games, like rock band and guitar hero, but it wasn't until I dove in and like just bought appeal to reason on CD. And I spent the summer at my grandparents' house up North and they live in this super small town where there's nothing to do. So I was just Mm -hmm. listening to that CD like every day. And there was this one song that's stuck out to me really heavily because the rest of the, the album is pretty breakneck and very fast-paced and very energetic. And then there's this acoustic ballad where it's slow and you're forced to listen to the words and you're forced to absorb what the song means. And that obviously is Hero of War. And I had seen them at Riot Fest in Chicago in 2014. Um, and for those of you who were there, rest in peace to our shoes and our pants. Um, <laughs> but uh, in 2015, they were coming to this like, b market city which is like two hours north of where i live it's called london ontario and um they were playing this big like festival not like big festival but it's the big one in the city um and i don't know why i felt compelled to do it 
but I made a sign and on one side I'll, I'll pull down the sign and I'll show you in a moment. Um, on one side, I like drew their logo, like the heart fist and everything. And it says rise against, thank you for everything. And on the other side, it says, please let me play hero of war. <laughs> and, and like, I wrote please <laughs> like five times along the bottom to really fill out the space. And then it, it was just like, the perfect culmination of unfortunate circumstance that like led to me getting up there. So I was right up mm -hmm. front. I'm, I'm a barricade camper, you know, so I was up front and they were playing and they had seen the sign because they had all kind of like pointed and like made, you know, interacted a little bit. But at some point, like way in the back, um, people were pushing on like a barricade and it broke. So people were kind of just filing into where they weren't supposed to be. So mm -hmm. the festival like stopped the show. And the guy who was running it came out and he was just being like a condescending asshole. Um, he was like, if you guys don't stop, we're going to just stop the show and rise against, you're going to go home. And like, you can't talk to 15,000 people who've been day drinking the way that he was talking to people. No, you know? no. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so Tim like came out with a microphone and he was just kind of like talking about the times they'd been in London and the, the small little bar they played there when they first came through. And somebody threw a t-shirt on stage, and I think this is what made it happen. Um, the t-shirt said, if the troops fought for freedom, they would attack the government. Which, at the time, was like kind of like, whoa, but now it's like, oh, you know? Like, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I like roll my eyes, because it doesn't mean the same thing it did five, no. nine, like almost, what is, holy shit, eight years ago, I guess? Um, not know. nine right yeah if it was 20 or no no yeah so, eight you said 2015 yeah yeah, yeah yeah so so yeah it doesn't mean the same thing but um yeah so he he had that shirt and uh he had seen the sign that said let me play hero of war and he looked at me and he goes hey what does that say and i showed him the hero of war side and he says okay and what about the other side where it's i had drawn their logo and said like thank you for everything and he goes okay i'm gonna think about it i'll let you know and so like I'm not dumb. I know what I'll think about it means. It, it means yeah. we're going to do it, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Like, so, so he's talking a little bit more and their bassist Joe came out to like, look at the sign. And he looked at Tim and he went, and I was like, Oh, this is going to happen. And like, and, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim is like, yeah, you know what? Let's do that. And before he even finished his sentence, I had hopped the barricade and I was like going up onto the stage and I walked out, man. And like, Everybody was super nice to me. Like their crew, like set me up with the guitar and everything. But uh, this is where it kind of went sideways for a minute. Um, you'll know what I mean. But for for non music people, um, guitars can be tuned a lot of different ways, and there is a standard tuning, um, which is just E A D G B E, and then there is a half step down, which is G no E flat A flat. You know whatever the fucking letters are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got it. But but <laughs> yeah, it's no, a, no but it's a semitone off, and if you play two notes that are a semitone off, it sounds fucking horrible. Um, I didn't know that they gave me a guitar tune down half a step, so I was playing it as if it was in standard while Tim was playing it the way it was, and so we were playing full chords, a semitone off, and it was atrocious. It was the worst thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my life, and like. We started and both of us immediately knew something was wrong and we kind of looked at each other and we were like, well, like, let's stop for a moment. And the crowd just started booing me immediately. Oh no. And, but here's the thing. Like I knew the song I'd played along to yeah. it like so many times. And so, so we convened and he was like, what, what tuning do you know it? In? And I was like, standard. He goes, Oh, and he just like took a capo off his guitar, gave it to me. We each played the first chord. We were in the same boat and, then we played the song and it was fine, you know? Um, Dude, what a cool, I mean, Tim is such a cool guy too. Cause you could totally see like a front man in front of 17,000 people kind of being like, all right, never mind. You know, you don't know what you're doing. Get off stage. And instead he's like, oh no, we got a capo for you. You're good to go. And you, you know, know it's funny, man. It's like, I talked to him. I've talked to him about that like a couple times since. And he's always like, no, I could tell by the way you walked up there that you knew what you were doing. And he's like, yeah, if, if you were like a little shy, like it might've been different, but like, I'm not shy, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, we played the song and it went great. And then I just like went back in the crowd for the rest of the show. Um, but I've seen rise against so many times since then. And Tim knows me and, and will usually like say, Hey, pretty briefly after a show or something. And they came back to play that same festival three years later, like to the date. 
Um, and I kind of finessed the festival a little bit. I was like, hey, um, I'm the kid who played with Rise Against three years ago. Is it possible to get on the meet and greet? Because I knew that they, they do meet and greets. And I'm not going to mention that I've met this band 40 times, you know? So like, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so we got on the list and it was like, what was super cool was the first time it was just me. I went up on the stage, the song ended and I left. But this time I had my mom and my best friend with me and we all got on the meet and greet list. We all got to hang out in like the backstage area. And so like the meet and greet happens and they come out and they're like, oh, hey, Josh, like what's going on? And like, we were just, I was the last one in line. So we were like chit chatting a little bit. And I just said to Tim, I was like, hey, man, like, I have to ask, you know, we're at the same festival three years later. Like, do you want to do a song again? And he goes, yeah, that could be funny. He's like, what do you know? And they had just put out the album Wolves. So I was like, I know every song on the new record. He's like, we don't. So we're not going to do that. And so, so, <laughs> so um, we kind of tossed ideas back and forth. And he's like, why don't we just play Hero again? And so we did that. Yeah. And, and they hooked us up with credentials to stay like backstage for the day. So like. My mom has been like backstage at things before, but like my best friend never had. And so mm -hmm. as much of a treat as it was for me to be able to spend the day surrounded by like bands that I like and stuff, like it was so nice to be able to show him that, that side of things, you know? So, yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. So it was, that's it, awesome. Yeah. It rocked, man. And then, yeah, um, we planned it that time. So they were like, this is the song before you come out you'll walk out, we'll play the song. And like, I'm on the set list. I'll show you that too. Like my name is on the, the thing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was super cool. We played the song. There's uh, the picture that I'm sure you've seen where Tim and I were like practicing in his trailer, like before the set. Mm -hmm. And man, like, I hope that if down the road, my brain deteriorates and I have some sort of, you know, neurological disease that that's the last memory to go. You know, because yeah, yeah, cause I will never I mean, feel the way that I felt doing that ever. Yeah, again. just talk about like. I mean, I think that's like every every kid's dream, whether you're you know a teenager or even you know an early adult. Like you probably were the second time three years later. Like, who doesn't want to be able to jump on stage with one of their favorite bands and just rip a song, right? And like them also be cool about it. And just like it just be a fun experience, you know, other than the nerves of playing in front of 17,000 people, you know, there's not nerves about what the band's doing or anything like that or how they feel with you doing it. So like, but that also goes to show like, that's what, I don't know, when first time I heard that story when I joined the the group that I've met you through is, is when I heard that story, I was like, God, Rise Against doesn't, doesn't just like talk the talk. They genuinely are just like the coolest people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Like for a band that plays pavilions and like amphitheaters, and I've seen them co-headline with a band like Deftones, which I know is your favorite band. Um, uh, <laughs> but you know, to, to see to them clarify, like, <laughs> no, they're not. For those listening who couldn't see my eyes roll into the back of my soul, I hate Deftones. <laughs> Please which, continue. You know. <laughs> <laughs> disagree but you know whatever but but what the point i'm making is like one of the biggest bands you know at, at least at a certain point one of the big, biggest bands i would say in the world um uh you know is is that down to earth is also like a really cool feeling to have and i'm sure a lot of people could take note of that that are in big bands when it comes to interaction with fans and just like remembering to stay grounded and just have fun with a fan that can play a song right like that's just so cool you know yeah, and that's the thing, like, I it. I know bands can't always do that, because mm -hmm. you've seen it with Green Day, where they always bring somebody up on a stage, and, like, I'd say half the time, they bring up somebody who just doesn't know how to play the instrument, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that is a risk that you run with that, and so, like, and I've looked, man, Rise Against doesn't really do that thing kind, that very often, so, like... I think I kind of right. got a little bit lucky on that one. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, either way, it worked out. And that's just, like you said, such a cool memory to have. <laughs> um, thanks for going over that. That's just like, I think that's just super fun. Um, before I get into the last thing I've been doing. Oh, yeah. Why don't you go grab, do you want to grab those yeah, things gonna, to show? Because, you. you know, this, yeah, this goes up on video on YouTube. So, yeah, uh, on. so go, right go share them real quick. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me put my ears back in and we'll go over it. <laughs> Sounds good. 
this is really exciting content for your show. I hope your fans are liking listening to this. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? I might not even cut out. I might not even uh, cut out the 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 dead noise. They can just appreciate the the little sounds going on. Yeah, It'll no, be fine. <laughs> you have to leave it in. That's the rule. That's the um, rule. Yeah. I'm so, too lazy to edit things anyway. You know. So there's the set list. Oh, s- sick. And if you look down, and you at can the bottom, see Hero with Josh on acoustic. Yep. Yep. And so that's pretty cool. And then this is. The, the Let Me Play Hero of War sign. I love that you still have it. That's awesome. Well, I'm not getting rid of this. Come on. No, no. That is so <laughs> sick. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, so like, sick. You got to hang on to that for forever. Yeah, if my um, house burns down, I'm getting that before I get my dogs. I'm sorry. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, no, but again, just so, so, so cool. So before... Before I let you go, I've got, you know, I just want you to, if there's anything coming up for the band you want to plug, um, if there's anything we missed that you'd want to talk about, you know, we, 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 can, we can talk about it here a bit. And then the last thing I do, I've been doing at the end of these episodes um, where kind of do, you know, people do fantasy drafts for sports. I'll basically ask you if you weren't in Riverside Drive or if you were and you had to get all new members, um, what's... Uh, what band members you would want living or dead from any bands that you listen to kind of an all-star uh, all-star cast for, for your band. But first, wow. is there anything else before we get into that? Uh, is there anything you, uh, you want to plug for people? Is there anything you want to share for where they can find you guys or anything coming up for you? Well, the first thing I want to do is say thanks again for this opportunity and for having me on, man. Like you've talked to a lot of really cool people like that episode with Garrett was insane, you know? So like, um, yeah, it was it was dumb how long it was, but I think people enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I thought it was sick, but like I'm just thankful that you're doing this and and giving all sorts of different people a shot. So thank you for for having me on. Yeah. In terms of what we're up to, you know, like we've got shows in Ontario throughout May and June. So if any of our Canadian people want to come hang out, we'll be in Toronto, we'll be in Owen Sound, we're going to play a Windsor show in June, then we're playing some like pretty small like like zed markets you know um <laughs> zed so it. so that'll be cool i'm really looking forward to that we also have like a ton of merch and as a, a broke band buying shirts is the best way to help us out so um i'll send you the link to that but we have vinyl for better days we have new hoodies if you're watching brandon's wearing one of the new hoodies and it is super sick so if you yes. if you feel like throwing some lowly canadians a couple of smackaroos that would be nice um Stream our music. That's the best way that that you'll help us out. Because unfortunately now, like everything's a numbers game, right? So you uh-huh. could be the coolest band in the world, but if you don't have a thousand monthly listeners, nobody's going to consider you. So right. So just um, whatever your means of of supporting or helping us out, like it all comes out in the wash, and we appreciate everything. So even if it's just shooting us a message to say, "Hey, new song is cool," or like buying a record please buy the records i have so many um <laughs> you know it all it all helps and so we're all we're yeah. just super thankful because we're just a band from windsor ontario we're a local band and we're mailing out our first ep on vinyl you know so that's pretty cool right right uh-huh absolutely and also just make sure before we get into it and i'll put these obviously in the uh the notes as well but for i think all social media it is rsd the band right mm-hmm. Um, on Twitter, I'm just going to double check that they're all the same here. Yep. On Instagram and on Facebook. Yep. Facebook, it's Riverside Drive ON. All the rest are RSD, um, the band, but I'll put all those in the notes too for anybody that wants to find them. Um, so yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing this. And then, like I said, um, the other thing I'm going to do here is so just imagine you are either not in Riverside Drive mm-hmm. or you're in it. All the members unfortunately leave, but you get to pick. Anybody, it could be living or dead as well, right? But anybody from any of your favorite bands to play bass, guitar, you could throw in keys, you could throw in a theremin if you want to. <laughs> but uh, but just uh, who would you throw in for those uh, for those roles? Do all of your other guests have to go through this? Yeah, yeah, a few have punked out on me, and I have uh, I haven't held their feet to the fire, but I might I might hold your feet to the fire and make you do this, man. Like. <laughs> It's just, it's so hard. And it's hard. not do or die. It's just yeah. fun, right? You it's don't have so to kill hard. yourself over it. You know, no, you know, but... you know what would be sick is like, I would relinquish my vocal duties because I've always said I want to play a show with my band where I just play guitar and that'd be fun. Uh-huh. Um, 
I would let I would have Haley Williams take over and that would just skyrocket us to success immediately. Um There you go. Drums. I don't know. I don't want somebody who's like too good because if we have too many egos, we come we become the Eagles and then we break up. So yep, yeah. So maybe maybe somebody who sucks at drums. Maybe maybe the guy from Metallica. Um, <laughs> okay. No, no, I'm just kidding. That was just a funny <laughs> thing to say. Um, no, of course, of course. You know, you know who's like a crazy underrated drummer is Mike from Bearings, Mike McCarricker. I hope yeah, I said it yeah. right. He's insane. So you know what? I'm recruiting him because okay. he's going to help us out. So we've got Haley Williams from Paramore, Mike from Bearings, um, on bass. This will be such a Josh answer, but like Matt from Blue October, but like 20 years younger so that he's not the old guy in the band. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. Cause, Cause he's crazy at bass. Like I didn't appreciate it till I just saw them in March and man, like the dude's an animal. So, so we've got Haley Williams, Mike from Bearings, Matt from October. Who's who's playing lead guitar for this band? A lot of dead air. I hope I hope you're listening. <laughs> no, like no, it's fine. Dead air is fine. Some, sometimes it's a thinking man's uh, thinking man's thing here. You know, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not like into guitarists the way that most people who play guitar are. So like you, you could be a one guitar band. You could no, be, that's you not know, cool. no, no, <laughs> no, it has to have two parts. Um, could be a laptop. There we go. <laughs> true. True. Um, uh, Stevis from the chariot. Cause hell yeah. What a gr- what a great group you had there. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause, we're nothing if not interesting, you know? And yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, I don't think Stevis is maybe the most technical player out there, but like the guy puts on a show and that's what matters. So, well, I was going to say you had anyone from the chariot, your, your live show goes up about 200% mm-hmm. with, with reactions and, oh, and yeah. just like craziness. You know what I mean? So to recap, here is the, the all-star band. Um, you have your favorite influencer, Josh Lowe on rhythm guitars. You have, <laughs> Stevis Harrison from The Chariot on lead guitars. You have Mike McCarricker from Bearings on drums. You have Haley Williams on vocals. Who did I say for bass? Did we do bass? Yeah, you said Blue, o- Blue October? That's right. Yeah, right. we've got him too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's a hell of a lineup, man. And I could see it actually working a little bit. I could see that 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 having some crazy stuff go on. So so we're, hopefully I keep this thing going on long enough that by the time I keep doing this, I can go back and use AI to make a song with people like this connected, and then we'll be good to go. <laughs> um, I don't know if you watch Family Guy, but there's this episode where the four main like guys um, decide to learn, like, become a string quartet. And... Mm-hmm. and everybody but peter is like pretty good at it and peter sits down to like join them and he's like just fucking up all over the place and it's it's he's like the only guy who's not good and that would be me in the band that i just created <laughs> no man you'd hold up don't you know give yourself a little credit here but uh thanks again for doing it i appreciate you didn't wimp out because i have had a few people wimp out and i i'm like not I'm not a big enough of a jerk to hold people to it, so I appreciate you still doing it. I will. I will. Um, hang on. Hang on. I'll bully. I'll bully your your former people, and you can use this going forward. <clears throat> Hello, my name is Josh Lowe. I play in the world-renowned band Riverside Drive. I've sat here with Brandon for the last hour, and he followed up with a good, good, good question. If I had to create a supergroup, who would be in my band? And after much musing, trials, and tribulation, I came up with an answer. And if a bumbling idiot such as myself can come up with an answer, so can you. And if you don't, you are a coward and shall be remembered as such in the books of history. Thank you. If you don't think I'm going to clip that and put that on social media, you got another thing coming. That is definitely going up on the clips and the reels. You better. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome, Josh. Thanks so much for doing that, man. And uh, one last thing. You've had a couple of singles come out. I guess we could do whatever it takes since we talked a little bit more about the lyrical content. We could also um, do your most least recent one counting down the days. What song do you want to play at the end of this? Man, um, let's do counting down the days because that has performed way worse than whatever it takes. And I want people to know that it's a banger. So, so all right, sounds force good. Force we'll- that to listen. 
Yeah, yeah, that's 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 good. That's a good. That's a good marketing strategy. There we go. So we'll play counting down the days at the end of this from Riverside Drive. Had Josh Lowe on today, the vocalist and one of the guitar players for the band. Thanks again, Josh. I really appreciate it, man. Dude, thank you so much. This was so much fun.